Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Are you okay? I hope you are. Oh my goodness, I don't know if I've told this story before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much. It's a good thing I can still do my job well. <laughs> that's that's about it. Everything else I am failing at, I think, at the moment. But We've got these two temperature controllers, new ones that we've been given um, as part of, we had to have a new boiler, all sorts of fun that you really want to go through and that you probably don't want to hear about. But anyway, you're hearing about it. So new boiler, we ended up having two temperature controls, one for the conservatory and one for the rest of the house. Fine. Um, But I kept thinking, gosh, the house is really cold. And I kept thinking that the conservatory is really warm and I just couldn't understand what was going on. And I was calling the company and saying that you're going to have to come out again. These controllers just aren't working. I don't know what's going on. Um, And uh, it was only when I think I'd picked it up when I was on the phone to them. That's right. I picked it up. One of the controllers was on the phone to the boiler company. And so I could see the underneath. Um, and this was me standing in the in the main house, lifting it up so I could see what was written underneath. They'd obviously used a permanent marker and it said underneath conservatory. So I was like, oh, so I've got the wrong temperature control. And it doesn't just control the temperature. It, it senses what the temperature is and then controls it. So, yeah, basically I mixed the two up. And once the right controller was in the right area of the house, funnily enough... Uh, it all improved. So yes, I don't know quite what I'm going to say to the boiler company when they call to see how it's getting on. I'll just say, oh, it's perfectly fine. Fixed it all myself, you know. (laughs) Yes, so I'm failing as as usual. Are you failing like me? I don't know. Um, I was just thinking back to last week's conversation with Erica Warner and Dog Days and uh, it just struck me that it is a book that I'm going to hold on to um, and it's one I think to sort of keep reading. I, I enjoyed it that that much, and, and I enjoyed my conversation with her very much as well. But anyway, we've got there's more books, there's more conversations, people. There's a lot to get through. We've got a lot of books, um, and I've I've written my notes down for this. But there's even more books since then, so you're just going to have to bear with. So the first book I'm going to talk to you about is called People Like Her. And the author is Ellery Lloyd, which is actually made up of two authors, um, husband and wife, Colette Lyons and Paul Vlitos. 
Um, so they make up Ellery Lloyd. My goodness, I loved that book. It was one of those, whatever I was doing, I was going to read the book while I was doing it. So people like her. Then we've got a book called um, Coming Up for Air by Sarah Leipziger. Uh, we've got The Stone Circle by Ellie Griffiths. Um, we've got a book called Collecting Sticks by Joe Desi. I hope I've got that right. Deaky Desi. I'll go for Desi, um, which will be the wrong one because whichever I go for, it's always the wrong one. We've got June, the audio book by Frank Herbert. Hmm, that's um, an interesting one. Um, we've got the Journal of a Psychotherapist During Lockdown by Jane Hughes. Um, Jane Haynes, sorry. You, you see, you've got all sorts with me. And the last book that I've just finished, which I need to grab hold of from the pile, here we go, uh, is Redder Days by Sue Rainsford. So I think we've got quite a selection of books, all very different, and I just can't wait to, to talk to you about them. So let's start with People Like Her. Um, I heard about this book. People were raving about it. So I went to have a look at the blurb. And basically, it's Instagram person set in a thriller. I, I was in. That's all I needed to know. Um, so actually, I hadn't read the full blurb when I picked up the book. I just thought that those two things sound like it's going to be me. I'm fascinated by the world of Instagram and what we all pretend is, you know, the, the, the perfect life. And it's certainly the fact that you know, the posts that you put on that, that look the best, not talking about me in the way I display books, are the ones that get the most likes. In fact, my son, who is 12, said to me the other day, he said, Mum, if, if you want to get more likes on social media, you know what you need to do? I said, what? What, what is it? He said, you need to be less cringe. <laughs> so that's put me in my place. Um, but anyway, this book, people like her, is not cringe. It's brilliant. Um, the blurb is this. People like Emmy Jackson. They always have, especially online, uh, where she is Instagram sensation Mama Bear, famous for always telling the unvarnished truth about modern parenthood. But Emmy isn't as honest as, she, as she'd like the fans to believe. She may think she has her followers fooled, but someone out there knows the truth and plans to make her pay. Because people like her have no idea what pain careless words can cause. Because people like her need to learn what it feels like to lose everything. Um, I enjoyed this very much. Absolutely brilliant. You hear from three people. You hear from uh, Emmy herself. You hear from her husband. And then you hear from this mysterious other person who does not have good intentions, shall we say. Um, and it's just... I found it fascinating on lifting the lid on what might or might not go on on Instagram. Um, and it's one that I just kept having to read. It, it, it's not a it's not a book you can put down. It's one you just want to keep reading or certainly for me. And and that's what I love about books where you're just like, you know, oh, cook lunch. Do I have to? OK, but only if I can keep reading while I'm cooking lunch. It's that sort of book. I suppose I stopped to shower. I didn't feel I should take the book in the shower with me. Um, if someone could, have if there's a stand you could have outside the shower um, and you can put the book on and then just shout, turn page, someone can turn the page. That would be good. So you could keep reading it. I think you can tell that I've had some caffeine today. Anyway, it's a great book. People like her. Ellery Lloyd. Fantastic thriller. Uh, and let's talk to the husband wife duo now. So, gosh, we've got Ellery Lloyd joining me, which is Colette Lyons and Paul Fleetos. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
Hello. Hello, lovely to be here. <laughs> well, it's very exciting because I enjoyed this book uh, a lot. I mean, your book has been all over social media. That That's where I heard about it. That's where I ah. first saw, saw it. It it felt to me very much that it was a, a book of our time. Was was that the similar feeling that, that you both had? Um, well, we definitely, uh, so we talked about writing together, probably started really talking about it after our daughter was born. And we had a couple of ideas for books. But I think this felt the freshest. Yeah. It? it did feel like, oh, mm. actually, there's something here that people haven't been writing about. It's timely. I had, as I say, we'd sort of just had our daughter and so... Um, I hadn't, I'd never really used Instagram. I'd use it professionally. So my background is in magazines and, and kind of marketing mm-hmm. um, after that. Um, so I'd sort of um, overseen like social media, but had never actually personally really used it very much. But after we had our daughter, um, it's, um, yeah, it was something I used probably too much, <laughs> definitely too much actually. And so, yeah, it, it did feel like something that was... Because the book is about... A mum influencer, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, sorry, we should explain that. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's about an Insta mum, and uh, she's sort of one of the voices. And uh, her husband Dan, so she's called Emmy. Um, he's called Dan, and he's a sceptical uh, novelist who is trying to write his difficult second novel. Second novel, yeah. And mm. a third un- unnamed stalker. So, um, so yeah, that plot kind of came to us. Yeah, so it's a thriller. So I think the idea came to what do you, what could you do with this material that would be, make it interesting? Following a lot of kind of, um, you know, you were absorbing a lot of this kind of Instagram mum content yeah. and sort of. Um, <laughs> and we thought, how how can we actually use it? <laughs> because mm. I've spent so much time on it, yeah. and actually, it'd be quite nice to be able to uh, to actually make use of the material. Was there wasted my time? <laughs> was there ever a time that you thought it might be Dan in the lead role rather than Emmy, or was it always understandably going to be Emmy as the main? You mean a sort of male influencer? Yeah. Oh, um, well, Paul can't really use the <laughs> internet. Use <laughs> 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 internet. Claire had to show me where a hashtag is on the keyboard. Right. Like, quite, it would have been a harder in, book to so, write yeah. if Paul had been the influencer. So we sort of need, I guess because we were writing it together, we sort of needed, we wanted to do it in two voices and that would make a kind of a strength of us writing together. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, and also would make it possible, actually. Um, because writing I'm sure there's a way to write um, a narrative that isn't multiple voice if you're writing together we just haven't found it no it worked very well and uh, in terms of sort of an elevator pitch uh, you've got or a twitter pitch you've just got it perfectly you know a thriller about a, an instagram influencer I mean it doesn't it doesn't get more and then it goes dark basically <laughs> yeah and that's all I needed to think right I'm I'm buying this book and that's all I heard and I just thought yeah I know I knew I was going to enjoy it and I'm so glad that uh, that I did get the the copy because I just thought it was it, it was brilliant how does it work though with both of you writing this book do you did you actually write the individual voices themselves or was yeah. it more flexible yeah, yeah, we did to start, didn't we? Because you had Emmy's <coughs> opening speech, which is her talking about how she became an influencer. Yeah. Um, and then I did a bit of Dan kind of listening to that and responding kind of more cynically. 
Um, and then we thought, oh, we probably need. We thought, okay, that, that you know that that works. So we did, we did, we did a kind of voice each to start, didn't we? Those two voices going through, and then there's this kind of third voice who's this sort of um, anonymous kind mm. of follower who, who wishes them harm. But I think once we got to the end of the first draft, then we started. Yeah, so, um, and Paul wrote the third voice as well. Um, so I, I did Emmy and Paul did the other two voices. But by the time we got to the second draft, it was a bit of a free-for-all. So we work in Google Docs. Um, so it's uh, there's no back and forth with Word documents and sort of messing around with that. But the, the, no. the downside of that is that uh, I can see when Paul's mucking around with the piece that I particularly <laughs> like. Just making it better, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so Paul's hands in the sections. So, yeah, I've been like, oi, what are you doing? There's quite a lot of that going on. But, but there's, yeah, there's we, lots of bits now that. You, know, that that you think you wrote, and yeah, I yeah. definitely wrote. Um, yeah, maybe. There's yeah. a bit of that. So we actually can't tell now, to be honest. The majority, yes, and that's how it started. But then once we were doing the edit, and we and we had a very solid synopsis and chapter plan for the right. second draft. So we what we have realised, what we realised pretty early on, um, is that you we couldn't go at it sort of freestyle because we would end up it was like it ended up like a game of charades mm, yeah. we sort of wouldn't we, we yeah we got a bit lost so game, game of consequences consequences not charades it was I mean, I imagine when, you know, if you're writing on your own, it's all in your head. And in some ways that's easier than than with two people. Yet equally, all the, it's hard to keep all that detail in, in one mind and remember everything. So is it, do you, I mean, it's, it's wrong to ask a married couple if they enjoyed writing it together, because obviously we want you to stay married and not have a fallout. <laughs> but and it, it's got its ups and downs, I suppose. Do you know what? Um, I think... The, the first one so people like her didn't at all actually it was it was kind of it was fun I think and because I was um effectively on maternity leave so I, I wasn't well it, it sort of was a prolonged maternity leave but um I, I like it was the fun thing that we talked about that wasn't nappies and yes yeah and you know that kind of stuff so all of the plotting stuff was great because you could just you know you'd be pushing a pram around the block yeah. trying to get the net the baby to sleep and thinking about a plot point or talking about it together and you could just so that probably saved a lot of time saved a lot yeah. of the agony of writing alone and I, and i think that the second book just the pandemic has made that like it is, it has been really enjoyable. It is something else to talk about, but we can't really leave the house. <laughs> yeah. It basically has felt like we're constantly doing it. Um, so that I think, um, but yeah, it's it's never been tricky, I don't think. No, because we knew the kind of book we were writing, I think. Mm. You know, I think, you know, once we knew it was going to be a thriller, so it had to be thrilling, and we wanted to have funny bits in as well. Yeah. You know, there were parameters there about the kind of thing we were doing and yeah so there was yeah that we definitely haven't got into sort of 
major arguments about plot points, I don't think, at any point. It was fun. It was it was fun. Yeah. But also we're both quite used to being edited and to yeah. editing each other's people. So well, yeah, my background's magazines and forces. And I teach creative writing, so I'm sort of workshopping with people all day. So it would be a little bit I don't believe feedback is a valuable part of the writing process. <laughs> yes, because I always thought originally, you know, when you write a book, you write the book and that and that's it. And OK, maybe someone changes a full stop here and there. I had no idea. <laughs> all the editing, you, you yeah. have to accept that this this baby that you've created is is actually going to be altered and yeah um, changed yeah it, it sort of ceases to be entirely your yeah your well i mean actually our amazing editors sarah and um in the us and sam over here and our agent and well. our amazing agents um hillary in the us and um, emma over here <laughs> um uh we 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 worked quite a lot with emma on it before it got sent out um and right. you know I, i'm sure you know what the process is but so you sort of work with your agent and then um and and actually we were very lucky because none of the edits were ever structural right. um, okay. and i think those can be the really head-bending mm. traumatic ones so ours was was all about kind of um, tightening it tightening, tightening it. it and tightening it i think that's hopefully why it kind of reads like it's kind of galloping along yes because yes. You know, it was continually being tightened you know we took a couple of whole chapters out at one point there were stages when they were like we can't possibly get any more no this There's is no, we can't we can't we could literally cut that whole that. chapter um and then um and then it went to um sam and sarah and we're very lucky that they bought it um harper in the us and pam millen over here mantle over here um, and um, and then yeah, that, that's sort of a process as well. But um, and you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I think Holly actually, Holly, um, we were talking about um, yeah, uh, sort of uh, did the same. But your um, your US editor and your UK editor have this kind of conflab, and they agree. Uh, and then they come to you with a sort of set of edits that. And that's very helpful. It's when they come to you with different sets that it gets. Um... Trickier, certainly. Yeah. So, so we've been really lucky throughout. <coughs> so, how long did it take you to write the first draft? Um, so, um, well, six that, months. Did it take that long? Yeah. To write the whole draft, but that one turned the first draft kind of petered out, didn't it? Or maybe no, I, no, I no, finished I my that, voices, but you didn't finish yours. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we started. We got halfway through. I got bored. I, was like, I can't. I, I kept. I, 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 I kept doggedly going. going. Paul kept going. Like, <laughs> I was going wildly off. I don't know. Yeah, make, making it up as he went along. So that was. <laughs> that um, is what writing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is what writing is. Oh yes. Um, and uh, and then, but we just knew the plot. It didn't do what we needed it to do. Um, and actually, um. You know, well, obviously you read it. it. It's um, it's it's a, it's a thriller, and it needed to do something thrilling. And I, I didn't want it to be kind of Bridget Jonesy. I didn't want it to be like you know, as someone too who was comical. sort of too comical. Yeah. You know, we wanted it to be witty, and so it needed to. But yeah, we wanted it to be a thriller that kind of emerged out of that material. So the kinds of you know, 
it wasn't just a sort of a thriller stuck on. onto yeah. the world. It was sort of thinking about yeah. what, how, how, what, are the, what are the actual sort of themes that we're looking at and how does this kind of, the plot... How does the plot grow that? out of that? Yeah, so we were sort of, um, it, it, it essentially, you know, what Paul wrote was good, but it sort of didn't go sort of deep enough or dark enough, I think. And it was just, it was like really kind of, it was quite formulaic. Yeah. Um, so um, then, uh, basically, um, I sort of, um, I, I took a flight somewhere for work. Um, I started working again at this point, um, and woke up uh, mid-flight um, on the way back with a sort of eureka light bulb moment, ah. and got my phone and wrote this like incredibly long note, which is basically the plot from halfway through. Um, and we had Wi-Fi on the plane, so I pinged it to Paul. I was like, done it! <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. Um, About two and a <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and that's what we worked with. So um, then we did a really detailed synopsis, and then we cracked on with it, basically. So I think, all told, it was about six months till we had that finished. Um, and then um, we were very lucky to find Emma, um, uh, our agent. So we repolished then the first three chapters, mm. didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then we had the full synopsis, and that's what we submitted to our. And then, <laughs> I don't know if Emma knows this actually, but um, we got um, some requests for full. I mean, I, you know how this works. I would have maybe we should sort of say as well. No, so you send you send a short synopsis and covering letter, and then you send a. Um, your first three chapters. I think it's about thirty thousand words that they sort of, you know, assume they're going to get. And then, if an agent's interested, they'll get back to you and say, "Yes, I'd like to see the rest of it." And so, you know, we we had a few of those requests, and um, then we had to finish it. So, um, oh, so, no. <laughs> so then we did, and that took, yeah, that was about a month. Um, and then we sent it out. And the the book is, um, as I say, very much a page turner were you deliberate in doing that the, this sort of oh just one more chapter just one more page yeah it felt a very um energized book it was well the chapters are quite short aren't they yeah. as well so that's that kind of um mm. right let's just have one scene in this chapter let's just have one thing or kind of riff or point yeah and it, we did want it to, i think because it's in multiple voices as well we wanted it to feel like it was bouncing from voice to voice rather than you sort of you know feel like you're oh god it's them again um so yeah it, i think that was important because of the format um mm. so yeah that was a very deliberate choice <coughs> excuse me and I, I love the fact that it just shines a light on social media. It, it really made me think, I mean, crikey, I'm definitely not saying I'm an influencer at all, but I follow influencers. And, and it does make you think about how we all try and portray that life's absolutely fantastic and wonderful. And, um, it, it, you know, there's more there's more going on. And it's cer it certainly made me stop and think. So I love a book like that, that you it, it, it has something that you can take and... Uh, focus on and reflect in your life as as well was I mean that must have been something as well that you were striving for yeah well I um yeah definitely as I say like we just had um our daughter um when we sort of started thinking about it and there were just a lot of things I wanted to say about parenthood I think and it was a really interesting mm -hmm. lens to do that through um, and it was a really opportune time for us to write it because I think uh, we definitely couldn't have 
written it uh, before, you know, in, in that sort of yeah. detail. Um, but I just, or probably now, actually. Yeah, or probably that, now, because you forget, you know, what it's like to have a little baby. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I just, I think there's a... I, I personally, you know, I, I don't think I used um, social media in a particularly healthy way. I was on it all the time. I had a daughter that didn't really sleep. We have, we have um, a daughter that just didn't really sleep and I didn't have the attention span to read a book. And, and you were in the dark. And you? I was in the dark. Yeah. So I did spend a lot of time on it. And I think, you know, there are definitely like... <laughs> people who find community there but I think a lot of people are just voyeurs and I don't think that's mm. particularly healthy um I also think that you know our um lead character Emmy she presents what she knows works I mean we, we've definitely heard some people say that they, they find her really unlikable <laughs> and I don't think that's that wasn't deliberate on our part she's She's a businesswoman. She is treating it like it is her business. She's supporting her entire family with it. Um, and she's figured out what works. And, and she makes some really questionable choices, for sure. But um, I don't think you can really blame her for what society expects of mothers, um, which is, you know, sort of one of the points that I feel like was quite important to make this well, kind of oh to... I'm a bit useless and oh you know I can't mm. I can't actually have my shit together and you know I have I have to self-flagellate constantly and I have to perform this sort of ineptitude and you know um and and I think and I think that's the fact that that's saleable is not Emmy's fault she's just found what is saleable and she is using it on her you know, to, to sort of further her own business. So I, I was that I thought was quite interesting. Um, so that was definitely something that I sort of, you know, society's expectation of, of motherhood right now, I thought that was quite interesting. And also fatherhood, you know, there's, I think Dan goes on a riff at one point of, you know, a, a, any, any, like any tiny bit of parenting that a man does in public, he gets this kind of massive round of applause for. Um, whereas women, all, all that gets pointed out is what you're doing wrong. Hmm. She's certainly quite focused, I, I think <laughs> you say. Um, but I just think it's it's rather ironic that I heard about the book on social media, and yet it's <laughs> making me re reflect on my use of social media. But but never mind. And um, I, I understand film and TV rights have been optioned. Is, is yes. that correct? Very exciting. So that there's, there's still more news to, to come out about this yeah film. well hopefully um we, we we were lucky enough to sort of speak to a few we had interest from a few people but we really liked um parks mcdonald's um they produced amongst other things men in black <laughs> <laughs> um but um laurie parks um uh, sorry laurie mcdonald wolf parks um they are uh, ex kind of DreamWorks, heads of DreamWorks, and they oh. are, um, that she is just amazing and really gets the book. And so that's kind of, um, that's, that's they're, they're sort of working to find a writer or working with the writer right now. We're not, not entirely sure where it is. So I guess one of the questions would be whether you'd transfer it to the States and whether there's a difference between kind of, I mean, there is, because we talk about it in the book, between US influences and UK influences mm. in terms of 
what they present and how they present themselves. Um, and they're open to both. That was what we were quite interested in when we spoke to them. Um, that their their sort of their ideal vision for it, I think, it is is sort of um, along the big little eyes kind of um, yeah. um, vein. And but they are open to either UK, which would you know I think probably be our mm. preference, but um, or US. So yeah, that's that's quite exciting. That was a surprise. Mm. <laughs> we didn't know that, that that kind of thing happened, but yeah, that was. Uh, yes, you could see it working in in either vein, really. I suppose for me, the US is just more amplified than the UK. Yeah. Gosh, just just big times for you, which is which is thrilling. And and so book two, just to finish on what. Yeah, book yeah. two is nearly finished. It's due with our agent next it's Monday. Going, it's going to our agent. It's yeah, next, yeah. Next, go with our yeah. agent. <laughs> The yeah. Final Daniel. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's do you a want to explain mystery. what it is? It's a murder mystery. Um, but it's you know it's a sort of continue. It's a continuation of some of the same themes. Again, it's one of these. It's a thriller. Well, it, uh, there's some seeds there that sound very interesting, and I'm certainly going to be first in the queue to to buy that as soon as it comes out. So, <laughs> um, both of you, Colette, Paul, thank you very much for talking to me today about people like her. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. <laughs> Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? It's just fascinating to talk to these authors. Um, so we're going to go on to the next book, which is June by Frank Herbert. Um, I got this on audiobook and I'm aware of new films being made. So I thought it'd be interesting to go back and read the original book. And it came up on my library app that it was available as an audiobook. So I thought, great, go for that. Um, and it was dramatised, which normally I would enjoy. Um, let's read the blurb and, and then see where we go. So this is it. Melange or spice is the most valuable and rarest element in the universe. A drug that does everything from increasing a person's lifespan to making interstellar travel possible. And it can only be found on a single planet, the inhospitable desert world, Arrakis. Whoever controls Arrakis controls the spice, and whoever controls the spice controls the universe. When the Emperor transfers stewardship of Arrakis from the noble house Harkonnen to house Atreides, sorry, I'm failing at this, the Harkonnens fight back, murdering Duke Leto Atreides. Paul, his son, and Lady Jessica, his concubine, flee into the desert. On the point of death, they are rescued by a band for freemen, the native people of Arrakis, who control Arrakis's second great resource, the giant worms that burrow beneath the burning desert sands. In order to avenge his father and retake Arrakis from the Harkonnens, Paul must earn the trust of the freemen and lead a tiny army against the innumerable forces aligned against them. And his journey will change the universe. I admit, I, I found it quite, I enjoyed it, but I I was losing track and I think it, I think it was the audiobook version so it's one that I want to get the book to read. Um, but as I was listening to it and as I came to the end, I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll watch the film and be able to compare it. Uh, well, I watched the original one with Sting in um, and, oh gosh, all sorts of well-known actors that uh, it was clearly at the beginning of their career. It is the weirdest film Um I, I just can't even describe some of the scenes, but I was hooked by 
by how awful it was and how something filmed in the early 80s, you know, their view on what science fiction was like. It just shows how far we've come. But I enjoyed it. wasn't one that I could turn off. I had to watch this film. I was uh, mesmerised by it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. If you're looking for something that's completely strange and weird and quite complex, then then go for it. Um, it's not a bad book at all. It's intriguing. And it's one I still haven't made my mind up about. And would I go and see the film when it comes out? Yes, I would. Actually, frankly, having had the last 12 months that we've had, I'd go and see anything in the cinema. Just the joy of being able to go and sit in the cinema. I, I would do that. Um, but I would particularly want to see June to see uh, how far how far it's come from that original film. And uh, yeah, I... I'm intrigued by it. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm recommending it, but I don't really know. That's that's The Journey of June by Frank Herbert. But anyway, there we go. Um, so the next book I want to talk to you about is Coming Up for Air by Sarah Leipziger. Um, let's read the blurb on this one. Um, three extraordinary lives intertwine across oceans and time. On the banks of the River Seine in 1899, a young woman takes her final breath before plunging into the icy water. Although she does not know it, her decision will set in motion an astonishing chain of events. It will lead to 1950s Norway, where a grieving toy maker is on the cusp of a transformative invention all the way to present-day Canada, where a journalist battling a terrible disease risks everything for one last chance to live. I thought this was a very interesting book. It's, it's, a, it's literary. Um, it's got such exquisite um, emotions in it. it. It's got some twists and turns as well. It's got some wow moments. It's very atmospheric. Um, I thought it's a it's a tender, gentle book that is very well written. Uh, there are good words in this book. <laughs> How about that for isn't that the best book review you've ever heard? Dear oh dear, no, it's it's a great book. It's a clever book, um, and uh, so if you're looking for serial killers or um, sort of a, a quick thriller. Uh, then this isn't for you, but it it's just it's how it takes these different lives and weaves them together, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was a, a very interesting one, and I love the title coming up for air. It's it's uh, extraordinary. Um, it's three hundred pages, and um, yeah, extraordinary really. So there we go. That's coming up for air. The next one, The Stone Circle by Ellie Griffiths. Oh, now I know I'm predictable. Sorry, that's my bookmark falling out there. You you have the noise live. Um, I'm a huge Ellie Griffiths fan. I love this series. And there's the new Ellie Griffiths book coming out. So I've decided, right, I've just got to get on and, and get up to date. Read every book possible um, on the series because oh, the main characters are just great. So these are crime books. And there's always a good crime, a good crime, and there's always a good resolution and solution that I certainly don't see coming. Um, there's the archaeology elements to it as well. The main character, Ruth, is an archaeologist, and she helps the police uh, try to solve these crimes. There's always tension and twists and turns, but as well, it's these characters. I care now so much for these characters. I don't know how Ellie Griffiths does it. It's really annoying. I wish I could. <laughs> Which I could write like like she could. That would be that would be wonderful. But this, 
it's a great book. And if you have never read any of these and you come across this book, The Stone Circle, and you think, well, gosh, should I go right to the beginning? You don't have to. You could read this book and you could love it and enjoy it uh, all on its own. Um, but equally, to know the full story about these characters. I mean, you could read this and then you'd go back and start with the first book. and You'd be just like, what is going on? Um, and oh, it's just these characters. You just want to get them and talk to them and tell them what you think they should be doing. Uh, no, it's great. Um so the blurb is this. Nelson has been receiving anonymous letters and their resemblance to those that marked his first case with forensic archaeologist Ruth Galloway has left him uneasy. After all, the author of those letters is dead. Or are they? Then he gets a call from Ruth. She is digging on the Norfolk salt marsh on the site of a henge, a stone circle, and she has found the bones of a young girl. When the body is identified as that of Margaret Lacey, a 12-year-old who went missing 30 years ago, the police reopen the cold case. Are the letters a coincidence or did someone really know all along where Margaret could be found? What else might they know if only Ruth and Nelson can find them? I loved it. Uh, as I say, I don't know. I, I, you must be so bored of me saying that I love these books by Ellie Griffiths, but I do. And they're fabulous. Um, so if you like a series, if you like something with a balance of crime and characters, just ha have a go. Um, and uh, someone said, oh, gosh, they were a bit put off because the very first book, The Crossing Places, um, involves the death of a child or a child's body being found and how they thought, oh, gosh, are all books going to be like that? And as a parent, they weren't comfortable in reading. And I said, no, honestly, um, not all books are like that. And they're dealt with in such a delicate way that you're not traumatised. I wasn't traumatised at all. Um, I was more traumatised by the characters and what, what they weren't doing and what I wanted them to do. But anyway, great. Stone Circle, Ellie Griffiths, loved it. Next one is a book and I don't know where I've seen it, but I ordered it recently and I love this. It's called Collecting Sticks um, by Joe Desi. That's spelled D-E-C-I-E. -E. It's a graphic novel and I read it on a day where I, I wasn't coping. Let's be honest. All that's going on in the world, not coping. So I picked up Collecting Sticks, a graphic novel and the Ellie Griffiths because book in a series. Love it. Um, and Collecting Sticks, what is it is about? It's about uh, a family, mum, um, dad, son, and they just go away for a few days. Um, they just go away somewhere in England just for a few days and this book is glorious it's it's got it's a very british book for me in terms of uh, the sort of the conversations and the thoughts and what they did on their break and where they stayed and um but i loved it it's gentle it's it's just like wrapping you up in the arms of something rather lovely and it is it helped me escape from all the news and everything in the world um, I was able to concentrate on it. The, the, the pictures are gentle. The words are gentle. I just thought it was great. It's one I'm going to be holding on to. And I want any book done by this author, the extraordinary or illustrator, I should say, as well. Um, it's, it's great for anybody who has who is raising a child, um, married or not, or anyone who has enjoyed collecting sticks or just anybody that wants something that there, there was a book I, I read last week. I, I mentioned that someone had said it's like a balm to the soul. 
I would say this is too. It's just wonderful. And it's the sort of book I want to buy as, as a present for quite a few people. So there you go. Um, lovely, lovely graphic novel collecting sticks. Uh, so we've done People Like Her. We've done Coming Up For Air. We've done June. We've done The Stone Circle. And um, the last one is Redder Days. And I have just finished that one so I can talk to you about this. Let me let me tell you. Redder Days by Sue Rainsford. Twins Anna and Adam live in an abandoned commune in a volatile landscape where they prepare for the world ending event they believe is imminent. Adam keeps watch by day, Anna by night. They meet at dawn and dusk. Their only companion is Cohen, the commune's former leader, who still exerts a malignant control over their daily rituals. But when one of the previous inhabitants returns, everything Anna and Adam thought they knew to be true is thrown into question. Um, I found this quite interesting. It's a short book. How many pages? Well, about 250, 260. Um, and it's I I thought it was going to be more sort of dystopian and it's not. It's just um, it's just a, it, it's a, a lovely book about these characters and how they have to face uh, what they're dealing with. Um, and it's about when power goes wrong and putting your faith in people and when you put your faith in the wrong people. And, you know, when you're just abandoned and how do you get through it? Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a, a very interesting book, and I like the the cover on it as well. Of this, well, it's hard to describe, and um, this whirlwind of it almost looks like blood, and this red, uh, this red energy that that people are caught up in, um, and it's something. It's not something for you if you like mid grade YA. Um, if you're purely graphic novel or if you want something quite simple, the the book makes you work. Um, but it's certainly an interesting one. So that's Redder Days by Sue Rainsford. So, look, I think I think I've talked to you long enough. As always, you've been very patient with me. Um, we've covered a lot of books. And uh, oh, and I need to say, sorry, before I finish, just one final thing. I need to talk about my lovely Facebook group because there's been some books that have been read by my Facebook group. Um, Lena's been reading The Seal Lodge of Kintyre by Alison Hill. Mark's been reading The Icelands by Steve Bragi. Laura's uh, just finished The um, Invisible Girl by Lisa Jewell. Sally's just finished The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. Uh, Johan has just finished D, A Tale of Two Worlds by uh, Michelle Faber. I've got that book to read. I need to need to read that one. Um, Claire has uh, is still reading Body Language by A.K. Uh, Turner. Victoria is reading Blue Moon by Lee Child. And Joe is reading The Comfort of Sundays by Alexander McCall-Smith. Lots of things, lots of book chat going on on the Facebook group. You're very welcome to join us. Um, but that is absolutely everything for this week. Uh, so look after yourselves and I'll speak to you again very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.